Good morning. How are you this morning? Man, if you're feeling any way like you're looking, I'm looking out at a three million dollar audience this morning. Eddie Jr. back there, sharp as a tack. His daddy, Spody, is Cheyenne Bodie. And Sister Deborah over there just flourishing like a flower in the garden. Boy, I tell you, if you're feeling anything like you're looking, we got a great audience this morning. How about that? You even got your smiling this morning. I can see some of you smiling through your mask. So you know, this got to be a good worship right here. Got to be a good worship service. And then it's always one or two. <laughs> anyway. Hey, Shorte. How you doing? Just babysitting, huh? Yeah, I'm just wondering. <laughs> I was going to say, boy, they come up with all kind of ways now. I'm just meddling. You know, that's just me, right? I know, I know. That's why she loved me so much, because I just meddle. I meddle because I love you. Well, folks, I tell you what. Since you're looking so good and you're sounding so good and you got me feeling good, I'll be honest with you. Boy, I had a rough night last night. I went to bed. I did too much running around yesterday and, and did the, the thing I said I knew better not to do. I went to bed dehydrated. And man, I cramped all night. I drunk so much water, but thank God. Whoo! Man, you start getting old, you get dehydrated, your fingers start cramping up on you, everything. So I said, I must be getting old. I must be good, but I ain't gonna claim that one. I'm not gonna claim that one. Learn how to sit myself down and drink more water. Amen. Amen. So, y'all pray for me, all right? Yes, sir. This morning, our lesson is found on the front of the bulletin. If you need a bulletin, raise your hand. We'll get you one. Found on the front of your bulletin, and the title is Whatever You Do, Don't Miss Heaven. Whatever you do, don't miss heaven. Because if you miss heaven, you know that's trouble, right? There, there's no gray area. There's no purgatory. There's no other place to hang out. You miss heaven, it'll be hell to pay. But I got my mind made up, boy, as good as everybody looking this morning, everybody ready to go to heaven. And if somewhere along the line you see something's not right, get it right so that you can make your calling and election sure. Amen? Because God woke you up for one or two reasons. One or two reasons. Keep doing what you're doing because you're doing it well. Yeah. Or you need to get something right before he calls you home. Yeah. Amen? Amen? So take advantage. Take advantage. Either way, take advantage. Amen. And make sure you've made your calling and election sure. Yeah. I chose the scripture text, 1 Corinthians 15 and 58, because sometime in this life, you know, you, you, you strive to do what's right. You hold on. And sometimes it just seems like 
Life gets the best of you. But folks, you can't give up. You can't give up. And as long as you're doing what's right, you're doing the right thing. In verse number 58, 58 of 1 Corinthians 15, it says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast. In other words, hold your ground. Be steadfast. Don't waver. I don't care what others are doing or what it appears to be like going on in the world. Be steadfast. Be grounded. Unmovable. Unmovable. Always, not sometime, always abounding in the work of the Lord. You know, I love that. So it's letting me know, don't become stagnated. Don't become depressed. Don't become, uh, you know, depressed about what you see going on. It doesn't seem like anything working out for me. Everybody else out there in the world doing wrong, being blessed. And here I am striving to do what's right. And it don't seem like anything is working out for me. Oh, come on, folks. No, no, no. No, no, no. The eyes of the Lord are over the righteous. And his ears are open unto their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil and wicked things. Man, I don't care how it may appear. God got you. And man, what, what greater gift to have than to know you have direct communication with God. You know, there are many people walking around today who think they have communication, but they don't. They, they call out God, but their God answer the call. Not the one true God, but their God, their father, the devil. Amen? When Jesus told them, for you are of your father, the devil, and his will you will do. So often and many times people cry out. They would lead you to believe they're calling on Jehovah. They're not calling on Jehovah. And even if they think they are, Jehovah don't answer. The devil answers. Because if you're not living right, if you're not in the right house, yeah. you haven't put the Lord on in baptism, if you haven't done his will, you know what? There is no communication. That's right. That's right. There is no communication. That's right. We serve a holy God, a yeah. righteous God, a yeah. just God. And you just can't present yourself unto him any kind of way. That's right. Man, you, you got to go through, I call a a sanitizing process. And that process involves the blood of Jesus. You got to be washed, redeemed, sanctified, and justified before you could go approaching God. The Bible said God is holy. That's why it said, be ye holy, for I am holy. Is that all right? So don't give up. Be unmovable. Always abounding in the work of the Lord for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. It's not a waste of time. And man, let me tell you, life can deal you a hand sometime. It can frustrate you. 
Can, can I talk to you on the real side? Sometimes the devil get me plant thoughts in you. Yeah, I'm sick and tired of doing good under those that do evil under me. I get sick and tired of always praying for folks who always out to do me in. Hello? Let me bring it a little closer. I even get sick and tired of that spouse of mine sometimes. I keep being told every Sunday, stay in my lane. But I'm about ready to jump this curve and run over there. You get frustrated. But the word of God says, for as much as you know that your labor, your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Don't stop praying. Don't don't jump the curve. Stay in your lane. Keep doing what you got to do to glorify God. Because you know what? Heaven is worth it. Heaven is worth it. I don't care how much pain. I don't care how many tears. I don't care how angry people provoke you into being in this life. One day we got something to look forward to. I won't even remember or think about it ever again. See, it ain't going to be no mess up in heaven. Man, you remember that time when something... No! No! Ain't there going to be no thoughts of anything evil in heaven? No! You got to have a pure heart, a pure mind to get to heaven. Nobody can be sitting around talking about when somebody did me wrong, I'm glad I forget. No! All of that's going to be in the past and gone. We lead up. We're going to lead old conversations to folks in hell. Amen. And they will have an eternity to think about it, to cry about it, to be tormented about it. And you know what? We'll lead that for the old folks over there. But in heaven, mm-mm, nothing but peace, joy, love, happiness. Boy, you know what? If you're not careful, you'll let you will allow life to squeeze that out of you. Folks talk about, well, I know when I die, I'm going to heaven because I'm in hell now. You don't, you, uh-uh. 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 You, you better go back and read. You better, the rich man would love to swap places with you. Amen. That rich man said, I'm in torment. Yeah. In this place. And it was so bad. He said. Well let me do something to keep my brothers from coming here. Folks. The Bible said. Be ye steadfast. Unmovable. Always abounding in the work of the Lord. There's always work to be done folks. For as much as you know. That your labor. Is not in vain in the Lord. Is that all right? all right? Now let's move over to the front of the bulletin. It says, whatever you do, what? Don't miss heaven. Come on. It's same print on all the bulletins. Whatever you do, don't miss heaven. But y'all always make me feel like, like I'm trying to set you up for something. I will. Though. You know I will. There was an old preacher who loved his children dearly and longed for them to live right. As they grew older, he did not want to browbeat them or make them think he was always preaching at them. 
Sound like my kid. Anyway, so he looked for he looked for a way to lovingly and gently encourage them. He came up with his own heartfelt catchphrase. Whatever you do, don't miss heaven. As each child graduated and moved out of the house, he heartedly urged, whatever you do, don't miss heaven. As they began to experiment with the pleasures and the ways of the world, he gently implored, said congregation, Then as they all gathered around his bed with tears in their eyes, watching their adoring father take his last breaths on this side of eternity, they heard him whisper again, what? Don't miss heaven. What sage advice? Consider how this should become the motto for each of us. Consider how this should really be a motto for us parents and striving to encourage our children. Nothing wrong with encouraging them to become professionals in different fields and aspects, nurses, doctors, and all these things. But the first thing we should impress upon our children to become are Christians. Amen, somebody. Christians. Steadfast, unmovable Christians. Christians who are always abounding in the work of the Lord. We as parents, we should be whispering in our kids' ears as they grow and grow. Whatever you do, don't miss heaven. We should start at an early age so that even though right now they don't even understand about heaven, but they're going to get old one day and say, what do you mean by don't miss heaven? You've been telling me that all my life. But see, you don't know how short your life might get cut off. Yeah. Yeah. And they need somebody to tell them, whatever you do, don't miss heaven because the world isn't going to encourage them not to miss heaven. That's right. The world, the world got a place and it's not heaven. When Satan comes calling, whatever you do, what? Don't miss heaven. There's certainly a momentary pleasure to be found in sin. But Moses learned to weigh temptation in the balance and see the lasting pleasure in the reward that awaited him. Hebrews 11, 24 through 26. View every temptation through the eternal ramifications that it can have. In other words, see temptation for what it really is. It's detrimental. It will come between you and your God. It will separate you from your God. And it will cause you to miss heaven. Amen? When considering the one whom you will marry, what do you do? Whatever you do, don't miss heaven. 
Amen. Amen. Because let me tell you something. Ask some folks who've been married. Ask some who've been married a couple of times. Boy, marriage can be pleasurable. Marriage can be like that old song. (laughs) Natalie Cole used to sing. Natalie Cole said, I'm catching. (laughs) (laughs) She thought it was rough being married, but she found out it was even worse being lonely. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Sit there like you don't know about Natalie Cole. It said, when considering the one whom you will marry, whatever you do, don't miss heaven. When the children of Israel moved into the temporal promised land of Canaan and married those of a different faith, they forgot the Lord their God and served their gods. Judges 3, 5 through 7. And they missed the eternal promised land of heaven. View your future spouse through the eternal impact he or she will have on you. Is is this man or is this woman going to help encourage you to make it to heaven? Or are you going to be like Ananias and Sapphira? A family that lies together, dies together. And if you notice, Ananias and Sapphira didn't make it in the whole of faith in Hebrews 11. Because heaven was not their resting eternal place. They lied to the Holy Spirit. They lied. Is that guy you're thinking about marrying, is he building you up spiritually? Or is he about controlling you and and using you for his benefit to serve the world? Is this young lady you're looking at, this woman you're looking at, is she encouraging you? Is she a support for you and being of great service in the church and serving God? Or is she all about, she want all of your focus and attention even when it comes to worshiping God? Hmm. Whatever you do, don't miss heaven. Because you know what? You won't be able to lie on God. Folks stand there talking about in weddings. God brought us together. God ain't brought you together. You went out there looking. Now God will sanction if it's scriptural for you to come together. Marriage is honorable and all in the bed. Undefiled. But you went out there looking. You went out there searching. So you better strongly consider, is this person going to be a help me or defeat me? Is that all right? When considering your choice of career and your choice of hobbies, what? Whatever you do, don't be heaven. Y'all like, like y'all out with the lesson this morning. Some things in life, like a job, are a necessity. Amen? Amen. You don't believe me? Mm-hmm. Try living without money. Yeah. Bible never said money was sinful. It said a love of it. That's right. That's right. Try living without it. Mm-hmm. And see how see how far you go. So some things like a job are a necessity. Some things in life, like hobbies, are optional. Yet all things in life, whether we consider them 
necessities or options must be evaluated in light of that which is earthly and that which is eternal. Amen. 2 Corinthians 5, 1 through 8. View every decision of life through the eternal effect that it will have on your soul. See, I could live without a hobby. Without a hobby. Yep. The Bible commands, of, if I don't work, I don't eat. Amen. I need to eat. Yep. Amen. Yep. But yet still, I need to consider what job I take, what I get involved in, and not allow it to separate me from my God. I didn't say just, I still believe in God. You can find anybody working out there and, and, and chasing the dollar, worshiping the dollar. They'll still tell you, I believe in God. But do your actions prove that? When considering the place of the church in your life. What? Whatever you do. Don't miss heaven. The church cannot take a secondary role in your life. Boy, I could stop right there and just go for a couple more hours. The church cannot take a secondary role in your life. Off to the side. I get to it when I can. I'll be back. Right? With occasional attention. For Jesus taught that we must seek it first. Matthew 6.33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and its righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Now, can I ask a question? Can I ask a question? Are you going to give an honest answer? You don't even have to answer out loud. Now, if you say you're going to give an honest answer, that means... If you don't, you're lying right here in worship and God know you're lying. Amen. Are you seeking first the kingdom of God? Uh-uh. You don't have to answer out loud. You don't have to answer out loud. Because see, if I'm seeking first the kingdom of God, my first allegiance and my utmost time and availability should be to the church. You know why? Because I have faith and trust in God and what he say. And all these things that normally take me away and lead me away from the church. I have faith in God that all these things shall be added unto me. See, here's the thing about the Lord. The Lord knows the desires of our heart. He knows. Jesus never said it was a sin to like nice things. He just made an impression to make sure we understand you're going to die one day and leave it. And you better make sure it didn't have a greater importance in your life than me. See, that's where most people fall off the wagon. 
things and stuff become more important than the Lord. But things and stuff can't bless you. Things and stuff can't forgive you of your sin. Things and stuff can't redeem you. Are you seeking first the kingdom of God? Well, that's a direct command from Jesus to each one of us. Well, brother man, I'm just trying to work and make it. You know, we got goals. Nothing wrong with goals as long as the goals don't distract you or deter you from keeping God first. See, your number one goal in life should be Matthew 6, 33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. What's the definition? There are men and women going around speaking to corporations and groups about being successful. They talk about how they made it to where they are with all the money and everything. I'm just crazy enough and dumb enough. My philosophy has been for the last 30 some years. The true definition of success and how to be successful is Matthew 6. The whole chapter. Matthew 6. Because in Matthew 6, you're going to find Jesus makes promises. Jesus gives assurance. Jesus gives his word, and I know for a fact he can't lie. Now, what I had to learn was patience. What I had to learn was patience. That my blessings that the Lord would give would be according to his time. But also what I learned from that patience was when he delivered and gave it to me, he knew I was mature enough and spiritually ready for it. See, sometimes we jump into situations and things we're not ready. We just jump into it because somebody else doing it. We jump into it because our flesh says, that's what I want. That's one of many reasons folks won't stay married. They get married from a feeling, a lust for feeling, instead of getting to know who it is. But that's another Sunday. But I came to learn in my life, I could talk about me. Matthew 6 gives me all of the assurance I need. Matthew 6 tells me and gives me the assurance why I shouldn't forsake the assembly, why I should always avail myself to be serving in the Lord's work in the church and helping and doing things because all these other things shall be added unto me. And folks, I'm I'm not standing here. I ain't nowhere close to being financially rich as as it's seen on the carnal side of life, the physical side of life. But I know, man, I got a retirement out of this world. And that's what I'm banking on, folks. I ain't banking on trying to build no, no fortune down here. For the last... 30-some year, 40-some year, however long, 20-some years. You know what? I ain't missed a mortgage. Nope. I ain't gone hunger. 
I always had something to drive around to get me from A to B. And you know what? It don't bother me. Folks just tell me, man, you need to do the unity. You need to shut up. Am I complaining? I'm going to wait on the Lord. And man, God could use anybody. He chooses to bless you to get what it is God wants you to have. Do you believe that? I believe it. I'm crazy enough to believe it. I, I want to share this story. I want to share this story. Where, where's Sydney? Sydney? Sydney back there in the cut. Sydney was over to the house a couple of months ago. And I didn't know this. I'll share it now because you can't laugh at it. <laughs> Me, my son, Sydney, all of us sitting around. We didn't know until he said it. He said he didn't know how to ride a bicycle. That blew my mind, blew Jamal's mind. Because, you know, we're thinking. Jamal, Lisa bought a bicycle. Well, I ain't going to put her business out there. <laughs> <laughs> and still sitting back there looking like you. <laughs> so Jamal got the bicycle out and within, the, within minutes, Sitting to learn how to ride a bicycle. And one of my neighbors down the road asked Jamal, what are y'all doing? He said, I'm teaching him how to ride a bicycle. Neighbor went in his garage, pulled out a practice, brand new bicycle. Brand new. He said, here, you can have this. Very expensive bike. One of mountain type bikes. Man, God can use anybody he wants you to bless you however way he wants you. That's right. My point is this, folks. We get so caught up in how we're going to obtain something. God said, why are you wasting time on that? If it's God's will for you to have it, he'll get it for you. Now, I'm not saying you just sit back on your stool and do nothing. And do nothing. That's right. You're supposed to be seeking first the kingdom of God. See, seeking first the kingdom of God involves action. That's it. it involves carrying out the will of God. What? Sharing the gospel, preaching, loving people, and all these other things involved in Christian living. But God didn't design it for you to be sitting around worrying about, thinking about how I'm going to get this, how I'm going to get this. Let God bless you. And you know something else I learned from waiting on God and believing Matthew 6? You ain't going to stress me out about nothing. Nothing. I was telling my son the other day, I remember the first apartment I ever had when I was in the military. I had a brand new bedroom suit and a brand new dining room table. I ain't have no living room furniture. Had a, another bedroom that was empty. And had bean bags everywhere. <laughs> Folks used to come over. You need to do it. I said, first, first of all, first of all, don't come in my house telling me, my apartment telling me what I need to get. Go get it. Bring it. 
I'll sit on it. I'll do whatever. If it's a TV, I'll watch it. But don't come up in my place telling me what I need to do. I guess you know my visitors were few. But it didn't bother me. Some people go into debt. Trying to buy to impress because yeah. people always talking about what you need to buy, what you yeah. need to do. That's right. That's right. If you think I need it, go get it. Amen. That's right. Don't be telling me I need a bigger TV. Go buy it. We both can sit here and watch it. I'll let you hang it on my wall. The only problem you're going to have is when you try to take, take it back. It Amen. Said, no, it's mine. That's, That's right. right. You That's said, right. I need this in my place. That's right. That's right. Amen. Stop. Stop killing yourself. Stop slavering yourself over what people say. Amen. Man, look, if a bean bag ain't good enough for them when they come over, they just need to go somewhere else. Amen. Amen. Well, I remember some good. Good times sitting in bean bags. But see, I was always taught, boy, if nothing else, make sure you sleep good. Make sure you sleep good. And that's why I had a brand new bedroom suit. I was going to sleep good. Because I had to get up and work every day. Ain't no need in having a nice living room outfit and kitchen outfit. I can't sleep on that. Nice bed. Oh, and, and for your information, this was before I met Lisa, so don't go after her. All right. Let's get back. When considering the place of the church in your life, whatever you do, don't miss heaven. The church cannot take a secondary role in your life. Off to the side with occasional attention for Jesus taught that we must seek it first. View the priority to which you give the church through the eternal magnitude that it will have on you. Friend, what is heaven worth to you? Have you set your mind on things above or on things of this earth? Colossians 3, 1 and 2. Bible said, hey, if we are risen with Christ, we should be seeking those things which are above, not down here on earth. We should really be investing in our heavenly retirement. Amen. But thieves can't break in. They can't come in and rob and all this stuff. Man, look, got the best security in the world. Eternal security. Whatever you do. Don't miss heaven. Don't miss heaven. You know why that's so important? The devil lies every day and persuade people that they got time. Well, I'm just going to work this extra job for a few months to get caught up on this. You know, I've learned more money, more problems. Sometimes God can make holes in your pocket. Amen. Amen. For not seeking first the king. 
So that six month job you were talking about now has been several years. And you still ain't got enough. You're considering even a third job. Even some stuff on the side and selling out of your house and whatever. No, folks. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and its righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. Well, brother, man, what, what if I die and I never get a chance to buy that house or this and that? Well, let me ask you this. What are you going to miss if you die and go to heaven? Nothing. You're going to go to heaven and complain about some, some raggedy house down here? When, when your address up in heaven is, is along the line of the street of gold? The architect himself, designer, is Jesus himself. He said, I go to prepare, to prepare a place for you. That where I am, there you may be also. Folks, it ain't nothing you're going to miss in this life in comparison to heaven. Amen. Nothing. Amen. But you gotta, you got to transfer, transform the way you think, folks. That's it. Because... This world will run you ragged. Yes, it will. It will run you ragged. Let me throw this in and I'm done. Be careful about this home teleworking. Amen. I ain't saying it's a sin. But it'll tear your family. It'll tear your life up at home. Amen. That's right. You don't know when to stop it. Your home life become your work life. Yeah. Yeah. Amen, lights. Amen. Everything now at home is about work. That's it. You neglect your children. You neglect your spouse. You neglect cleaning your house. You neglect doing the things that used to be involved in, in having a house and a home. Why? Because of work. Yeah. Of work. Yeah. Yeah. Work. Amen. You can't please God with that, folks. You better know where to cut it off. Yes, sir. And if your job can't respect certain hours that you say, look, after 5 o'clock, that's it. You know what? I have work to do in my own house that I'm responsible for before God. I still need to cook for my children. I need to cook for my spouse. I need to clean. I got things I need to do. Look, if your job don't want to hear that, you don't want to hear that. You better keep getting up in the morning going into it. Your spouse stops speaking to you. Mm-hmm. Your children start getting into trouble. Mm-hmm. You don't even know where your children are anymore. <laughs> because you sold you sold. Over and dated with your job. Amen. Be careful. That ain't how God designed the home. It's not. That's right. Your home should be a refuge That's it. from the world. That's it. it didn't say turn your home into the world. That's right. I said it before, I said it again. 
Your job is a required to provide you a happy place Amen. to work. Your job is required to provide you a safe environment to work. That's it. Your supervisor ain't responsible for making you happy at work. Amen. You're there to work. Amen. You want happiness? You go home. That's right. Amen. See, we, we live in a messed up society the way we think. Well, uh, I ain't happy on my job. No, no. Mm. Ain't nobody paying you to be happy. Amen. 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 You've never read in a position description. <laughs> we will provide you happiness <laughs> on your job. Never. Amen. Amen. Your refuge is supposed to be at home. Amen. See, home has lost its back. Amen. Because we have we, we displaced our values. Yeah. Yeah. Kick that stuff out of your house. That's right. If it's interfering, it's messing up, you know, your, the, the, the way your home should operate, hey, you need to draw some lines. Yes, or some lines going to be drawn for you. Amen. I don't know why. I don't know why my spouse stepped out. Yes, you do. Yep. Yes, you do. Because you love your job. The Bible says love your spouse. Amen. Amen. And nothing about your job you should love. That's right. You should like it. Amen. Yeah. Love not the world. Mm. Neither the things that are in, in, in the world. All that is in the world are lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. Man. These are not of God. That's right. Amen. 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 So I'm just I'm just throwing that out for free. Yeah. Yeah. I'm throwing it out. Take it if you want to. Don't if you don't want to. That's but I know what I'm talking about. Amen. I know. Well, folks. You ready to go to heaven? Amen. Amen. Huh? Amen. What was the name of the lesson? Don't miss heaven. Don't miss heaven. And that's what I'll close on. Whatever you do, don't miss heaven. Ain't no argument worth you missing heaven on. Nothing. Heaven. It's a prepared place yeah. for prepared people. Yes, sir. Second Peter 3, Peter said, God's will is that every man be saved. Yes, sir. So God has done his part. Yes, he has. He done his part. He loved the world. So he so loved the world yeah. that he gave the best sacrifice that could have ever been given. Amen. Amen. His only begotten son. Amen. It's in your court now. Yeah. It's in your court. Yeah. What are you going to do? Man. You're going to change something. You're going to modify some things that you're doing to find out you can't trust the Lord in what he said. Yes, you can. Yes, and in finding out that trust, you know what? Your, your blood pressure might go down. Amen. 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 Start living within your means. Yeah. Yeah. Stop buying stuff because somebody else bought something. You're trying to keep up with them. 
Man, right. you'll drive yourself crazy. Yes, you will. Yes, you will. Go back and read the whole chapter of Matthew 6. Mm. That's success, buddy. Yes, Not only on this side of life, but even in the life to come eternal. If you're here today, you're subject to the invitation. Whether your need to be baptized for the remission of your sins, to be added to the body, the church, the church of Christ. As Jesus outlined that he does in Acts chapter 2, he does the adding. And that's the beautiful thing about it that no other religion can claim. Amen. Other folks will vote. Ain't no voting in the church of Christ. No, you know what? There's only one head. Amen. Ephesians chapter 5. Only one head and Jesus is the head. And only one Savior of the body. And that's Jesus. Amen. It's his church. Yeah. It's his pride. That's why we can't forsake it. Man. Or push it to the side. What's our song? 633. 633 is our invitation song. 633. Why don't you get yourself right? Leave here a better person than you did when you arrived. And let God show you his love is true. Let us together stand and say.